Thank you for listening to Mailbox Money, your guided tour through safe, sacred, and speculative investing with a plan and a purpose to do more good with newfound peace of mind. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mailbox Money. I'm Jackson Wood, joined as always by Ryan Kruger. In today's episode, we are going to we're going to paint the picture of confusion and the process that investors, advisors, anybody really that's ready to invest has to go through. And at the end, well, and through the meat of the episode, we're going to present a solution and instructions almost of how to kind of navigate this. And I think about the early part of my career as an advisor, and you know, this is applicable to you know, do-it-yourself investors or anybody out there really, you're presented with all of these different strategies. And if you look at this bookshelf behind me, a couple of these that are you know, facing the other way on the bottom are different, different strategies to invest. And you're kind of forced to go through this like journey almost. And, and you, you have all these options, right? Whether you're a growth investor or you're a value investor, if you're looking at uh, you know, sec- sectors, different sectors or how to invest, or if you're looking at cyclicals and how you time these different uh, different investment strategies of get it, getting out of certain sectors and into them when the, the time is right, which ones to pick and, and how to allocate, what percentage to put there. The entire picture is very confusing, right? Are you, uh, I like this one, are you Silicon Valley investor and you want to you know, focus on tech and VC or the Permian Basin and you're looking at more you know, traditional, um, something that would probably uh, be more applicable to our way of thinking a little bit. Are you a small cap investor, a large cap investor, small cap value? There are entire firms built on the small cap value premium and they pound it into the minds of investors. And it just, it paints the, and then you have, are you a U.S. investor or are you experiencing home country bias and you need to be a global investor or emerging markets with a higher expected rate of return? Or are you an active investor, passive investor, right? The, the, I go through all of these to emphasize how confusing it is when you start from scratch and you have to build an investment portfolio. The good news is that we've been through it. And the best news of all is that you can turn all of these questions, am I this or am I this, into an and, right? You can combine these things to build these incredibly powerful, simple portfolios and that's what we're going to talk about today. And I hope that it doesn't seem overwhelming me going through this at the beginning, but every investor, every advisor, every portfolio manager goes through this journey and ultimately, you know, bruised and battled and at the end realizes, hey, there's probably a better, more simple way to do this. So we're going to share with you the playbook we've learned um, and are continuing to battle test and improve. Um, you know, I started the, the pure math of how much is too much and diversification versus diversification is something I spent a lot of time on as an equity portfolio manager, learning that after about 50 companies, you lose the benefit of diversification meaningfully. Um, and that's the magic number for me, for us, um, that, that we learned is optimal. That's not the only answer. We're going to share with you what happened. That's me back in the late 90s. So I started in 96 
And that was my first order of business as a portfolio manager. Answer, how many of these great ideas, where do you stop? And I want to share with you what we've learned, what we've done, and a few of them, these simple pages of the playbook that have stood the test of time across all market cycles. Because now I have the benefit of hindsight to share with you every bear market, every crash, every crisis. And one of the aha moments in this gift of sharing all of this as an open book should be that you will, if you adopt any of the disciplines that we're going to share today, you'll never have to predict another market. And I say that with great confidence because I have never done that. I've never tried to do that. Um, and I look forward to sharing that. And I think about, um, and, and I use Buffett as an example, um, his big meetings coming up and everybody loves the idea. And they've asked me, and, and this is, this same episode is gonna serve to answer a lot of questions, I hope. I mean, Jackson just threw out a dozen either ors where you truly, we're going to share with you in 30 minutes how you can replace all those ors with and and be done with it and be balanced for everything in a simple, concentrated portfolio of your own or with a guide and how to demand that simplicity. But going back to the, you know, the Buffets and everybody, if, if you're just starting or if you're well down the road and you just wish, how in the world does he or anybody else have those 10 baggers or 20 baggers where stock doesn't go up 100%, it goes up 1,000%. And I'm going to share the secret today also in the same episode of how we have a couple of 20, 30, 40, and 50 baggers. And the secret was to all of them, I had absolutely no idea which one they were going to be. And the only way any of those seeds could be planted, and I think anybody listening to this, and it's probably one of the hardest pieces of this puzzle. So I'm gonna get it out of the way quick, but it's it's a it's a requirement. Defense before offense. Yeah, we're gonna dedicate the rest of this episode to the stock market and how we deconstruct it and how we define a roster and how we make cuts to that roster and how we add to them. But first and foremost, the secret I have learned and probably one of the only reasons I'm still standing, because I was around all sorts of great portfolio managers that were just as talented, if not smarter, I never used scared money. I've seen it and now I've learned and I'm there, there's too much evidence that every single disaster of a fund or an investor folding being done, carried out on their shield, no matter how bright they were, no how many six no, no matter how successful they were, they had too much conviction and or leverage. They weren't balanced as we're about to share how we do it today. And going back to Buffett, I think people would learn a lot of um, I think that the better lessons of his story are not the stock picks and the success. If you go back to 1965 when he had that little textile company and he bought his first couple of operating businesses, and he started as fund manager. Many people forget or don't know that three of the first five businesses he bought failed. And think about that mindset. And, you know, another guy that I like, Pretty good manager, pretty good slugging percentage. You know, Ted Williams had the same batting average, by the way. You know, 400 can work miraculously well as long as you keep everything in size and balance. And in the world of money management, having locked down safe money completely removed from everything we're about to talk about today, and then also a cash contingency bucket so that nothing can interrupt what we're going to discuss today. 
I can't emphasize that enough because the best investors and managers typically have to pull from some of their offense, from some of their best ideas at the worst times. If they have defense, risk-free assets, complete savings removed from the stock market entirely, that is the best advantage you can give your portfolio. I just wanted to start with that bullet number one. If you have a lockdown defense, you will never have to take your offense off the field. That is critical. I've got a quick question for you. Have you ever seen the movie with Mark Wahlberg, The Gambler? And I, I don't like using the word gambler, but it, it is a movie where there's a scene and they, they sit down at the bar and there's this long-term vet gambler, pro poker player, and they sit down at the bar and Mark Wahlberg in the previous scene was up like $3 million and ultimately lost all the money, right? So he's going to the, uh, you know, the, the pro for some advice. And the pro says to him, you know, how much have you put away? What have you done to continue this? And he said, no, I don't have anything. I was up 2 million and I lost it all. I don't like the gambling component here, but the advice he gives is better than any financial advice I've ever heard on any podcast. He says, you need to build your fortress of solitude and you need to have a reserve. You need to buy some bonds. You need to get a house with a 30-year roof, a reliable car, and then you can be in a position where you can pursue a career in this highly speculative industry of gambling. And I don't believe stock investing is gambling, but I just think that that is incredibly good advice. When we talk about safe money and never using scared money, it's the, the dollars that you're able to deploy into investing, understanding that you have this foundation in your portfolio and in your life that allows you, if that goes right or wrong, it doesn't impact the fortress of solitude or the freedom day money that you've built for yourself. And so popped into my mind when you said that I won't post a link because the language in the movie is absolutely horrific, but it is good financial advice. And I thought about that when you were talking about defense and offense. Well, so once the offense can take the field, how do you balance and how do you select, build and manage a roster is something we wanted to talk about. So we have in-house, we have only two portfolios, two teams that we manage in-house. So it's very easy. I would adopt that same philosophy wherever you are. Have something that you can get your hands around and head around everything. That, that's first and foremost. The amount of statements our planning team here sees with multiple funds, different statements, different advisors, different managers. Americans are really good at collecting stuff and we all hear a lot of good ideas. And it's very difficult to not, especially if you have any liquidity or extra money, to keep adding to that. <clears throat> and the more successful or wealthy anyone gets should not lead to a longer list of investments, in my opinion. Um, it should lead to adding more of a balanced portfolio. And if ever anybody calls me and says, what should we add? And it's outside of where all of that balanced portfolio is, they should fire me. I mean, they, they just shouldn't be a new idea for new money. It should be more and I just simply divide it. There's sacred money and there's speculative money. Sacred pays you while you sleep, period, with rising dividends. Speculative is everything else. How about that for a simple allocation? You don't need any fancy pie charts. You don't need any financial planning software. Anything that doesn't pay you while you're asleep that you hope will one day be worth a higher price, stocks, business, house, anything, all of that is speculation. Some of it's great. There's nothing wrong with that. I think there's a place for that. 
It's one or the other. So that's our simple division. So the 50 stocks that we use, and there's no magic number. This is what we've optimized and back tested, works exceptionally well. There's plenty of ways of doing this. There's, there's I know great managers that have 10. Um, there's some that I respect that have hundreds. Um, I think an individual, no different than a portfolio manager, has a very difficult time knowing very well hundreds, if not thousands of businesses. Um, so across 50 names, if anybody's ever wanted to kind of pull back the curtain, what happens in here when we talk about our stock turnarounds on the weekend and how do we whittle down select from thousands of different stocks out there? We're not looking for one particular type of stock and we have a zero influence of what we think the market should do. Then that is a big difference between a lot of managers that are technology investors or growth managers or value. I want a roster that has every single one of those sizes, small, mid, large, styles, growth and value, every one of the 10 major sectors. So I never fall in love with any of the homework we've done, which is a huge Achilles heel of the best professional money managers. And having a balance across all those gives you the ability. I mean, the, 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 the book Moneyball is great for a lot of different reasons. But if you underpay and the stock market value really deeply discounted, cheap companies that have a your, your margin for errors, but you don't, there's not a lot of downside on some of these. It allows you a little bit extra payroll when there is some big slugger that a value manager would never buy because it violates his covenants, or that a growth manager wouldn't have enough room for all of them. I love balancing a roster so that you always have room for very distinct different types of businesses so that at any moment when the stock market opens and people are trying to figure out what's in favor, I honestly do not care. And that's a great way for eventually me to sleep at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. It ran the, the stock tournament this weekend and I was uh, trying to figure out how to zoom in because I wanted to, I wanted to see all the figures real live in action. Um, I love that very simplistic division. If it pays you rising dividends while you sleep, sacred money, anything else gets lumped into the speculative category and how some of those can be fantastic opportunities and, and great ideas and investments. But that dividing line is what creates the ability to answer the difficult questions in financial planning. Do I have enough? Um, you know, am I going to be okay? Like that, that's what you do there because the speculative side of that equation does not allow you to answer those questions. I don't, I don't care what the math says or the history says there, there are hopes baked into speculative investing. It's got to go right. Let's cross our fingers. We think that this is a disruptor. And so that to me gives incredible peace of mind when I look at my own money and the families that we are fortunate enough to work for, because we can draw the line right down the middle and say, you know, this is this, and, and this is where this belongs. And that, that is incredibly powerful. And even though it's simple, I want to convey how important that is to me and to financial planning as a whole. So, so I spent the majority of my career as a portfolio manager, just simply making more efficient, these expensive bloated mutual funds and, and much, much, more efficient way of owning individual equities in this portfolio actively managed. Um, 
The other byproduct or special dividend of that kind of discipline and simple balance is it allows me the greatest luxury of all. And the reason I love this job, my favorite part of it is when I said a minute ago, I don't know what's going to happen. It's not that it affords me the great luxury of being lazy and not worrying about it. I really like not knowing what's going to happen. I can't wait to go find out what's going to happen next, both with our selection process, but also it allows me to be curious and open-minded and see and look around the corner and challenge my own ideas and our own business. So the only thing that's changed in 26 years is I was alerted by some awfully, awfully sharp folks who knew that the best math of all of this and little secret here for portfolio management, if you adopted two, the most two consistent ways to outperform the market. And one of two things is happening right now, if you're listening to this, any efficient market, passive investors just Mm -hmm. turned it off because they think there's no way to outperform the market. Or you're scooting in and listening intently. And it's a simple truth for either camp. And I'm in neither. I'm in the truth camp. I'm a truth seeking <laughs> as a good buddy of ours just describing it as an introduction. It was a little intimidating for our first conversation, but it is the truth. Um, the, the track record wise, objectively speaking, there are two ways any money manager. So I would adopt this. If you're an individual investor, you're a money manager, too. I'm talking professional money managers have outperformed most consistently. One, removal of friction points, i.e. costs of doing business. And I'm going to include taxes in there as well. Eliminating friction points is the biggest success-seeking missile of outperforming. Two, a little more intangible, although extraordinarily important, and I got the data I'll share in a second, skin in the game. So do skin in the game and tell you what that means here in a second, how you can apply it. But removing friction points and constantly, no matter how efficient we had this, alerted me to this power of this relatively new innovation several years ago with ETFs having many silver bullets over mutual funds and a few even over separately managed accounts that we had dedicated our careers to. So once again, rather than dig in heels and either or, I wanted to scratch out that or and put and. So ETFs allowed us more efficiently for costs and taxes to not only revolutionize our own simple sacred portfolio, but we still run the two sacred dividend payers that are growing their dividends year over year and speculative opportunistic individual stocks with unconstrained upside, often that are not paying a dividend because there's some great companies that don't pay dividends, great compounders. The ETF math and structure alerted me to the fact, and humbly, there were a few things that we didn't cover in those two portfolios. And I was very, very interested over the next 10 or 20 years in particular of not being all U.S., to have overseas exposure, to have smaller business exposure, to have some very specific yielding. could be real estate. It could be preferred. So an ETF alongside an individual equity portfolio has culminated in of all of those complicated solutions and all of those different great ideas. How in the world do you stay on top of all of that? And I would say most people are not getting to the bottom of anything anymore as a result. On one handful, two portfolios and a couple of ETFs, one handful my own personal money and anybody listening to this deserves at least, as, and Jackson's included, 
we answered what Jackson started with. Growth or value, cyclical or secular, cash flow or compounders, which sectors where, small or large, U.S. or global, active or passive, and cross through every one of those ors and replace it with an and on one handful of positions. What that can unlock and peace of mind and getting back to your own businesses, which is your own best ROI by far better than any returns we'll ever talk about in the investment world, is the most powerful special dividend of all of this. That, that's what I get passionate about because I've seen how it works. When somebody really understands, really understands, and can one handful, and they're not missing out on anything, what that can unlock, and dare I say, make this substantially more inspiring and motivational is where the real math comes in. Yeah, it. I, I think about, and I'm just going to make this personal, but I think about the evolution of my own portfolio and how many times I've changed it as I started my career. And ultimately, after years of asking you questions over and over and over again and building what we call the Freedom Day portfolio to, to where it is now, that that means a lot to me and i look forward to having this very clear playbook moving forward and i don't have to worry about all of these complex things for my own portfolio or for the families that we work for and managing like the, just the ability to cross out or and write and on all of those is so profound and i think what you hit on of being able to focus less on that and more on your craft and your family and that ROI, that just makes everything more enjoyable. And I always like to try to relate this back to financial planning and, you know, those listening, it, it just, it makes a significant difference. And when you pop the hood, it look, I mean, it's complex. When you talk about ETFs, I'm going through an ETF, um, you know, course right now. And I, I did not understand how many moving parts are going on inside of those. I mean, I have a very good understanding of it now. Um, but I mean, it's, it's very complex. But the end result is this beautiful, simplistic tool that all it does is help people answer those questions and get to their freedom day. And so that, that to me, that whole complex boiled down into simple uh, solution is important to talk about. And here's some more good news. And I say this with a pride swallowing siege of humility. The fact that we don't have enough subscribers to this podcast means what I'm about to say will continue to be true. Most folks will never adopt any sort of discipline and will always be running from one side of the boat to the other. And all of those different oars and all of the hot money and all of the momentum and the wild swings as a result and rather than be this monk meditating in the corner with my math over here as the solemn nerd that I am, and I, I am, I'm, I'm just happy to do just that. I can't help but be attracted to this is the only greedy bone in my body because of those crowds. I'm here to tell you the markets aren't at all efficient. There will always be those swings and we can actually take advantage of that. If it's going to be the icing on this cake, let me show you what, what I mean by that. And just to prove, and there could be a couple more subscribers, Jackson. I wouldn't hurt our feelings. And I know you run, working on it. and I give you all the credit in the world for this podcast. So I want to offer two things for anybody that wants to share 
subscribe or comment if, if I said it right. I don't know how any of this stuff, technology stuff works. So you tell me, but Nailed we're going to talk about skin in the game here in a minute, and I will send a copy with a message signed from me of how I invest my money that we did with a couple of our friends. It's a great book. I share where 100% of my own money is. Um, I'll share one of those, and we'll share a mailbox money. Awesome hat. The problem is I don't know which one of those is better. You, you can decide. You can pick. So we'll, two folks that share or want to comment or ask questions, um, we love spreading the good news here. And because of all of those swings and because we don't have millions of subscribers yet, Jackson, there's a benefit to that, a huge benefit. Momentum is real. And so the final roster cuts, when we whittle down our selection process and we've shared and written about it extensively, we're just summarizing it here. Believe it or not, is a profound respect for that momentum and technical analysis. So everything we just said, we're big on hardcore fundamental analysis. And that's the last or amongst professional money managers. You have fundamental analysis or technical analysis. And technical analysis means a lot of charts and stars and all sorts of fancy lingo. I'm not really in that world, but I do know that streaks work for reasons. And I love looking for surprising news around the corner. And you can measure buying and selling pressure that become fundamentals later. So if you were curious, after all that selection occurs for us in a portfolio that we might manage, there's not just 50 businesses that we'd own right now. There's probably about double that. But the final selection or nudge, once you balance it across all of those different sectors, styles, and sizes, is absolutely looking at stocks that have relative strength against their own sector and against the market. It is very, very telling. And that's several episodes that we could share there, but there's a way to do this and it's real. And buying strength and selling weakness dispels one of the last myths that you may have heard that I would love for you to reprogram. A lot of folks like to buy stocks that are going down, or if they have their own great ideas that go down, add more to that. We've never wanted to add one red cent to the best of our ideas ever that are going down. Believe it or not, we would rather add more to strength because strength begets strength, and it is real. Um, that last man on the bench of our roster is constantly sweating it out because we've got guys ready in the bullpen, and I love that. And we have simple, strict sell disciplines so that we never fall in love with any of our ideas and that we constantly rescore the market. So that was the last roster construction piece that might surprise a lot of folks after. It doesn't determine anything. We don't lead with it. It's the last question, the tiebreaker, if you will. Um, and then I want to share real quick skin in the game. You know where all, all mine is, but I do want to share a, a startling stat, and it would be a great question wherever anybody is on their investment journey. The hardest core interviews you should be applying if you have significant wealth or just starting, I would really encourage you to give yourself some grace if any of this sounds intimidating or why didn't I knew, know that sooner? That's why we want to share this. But our industry has made this confusing for many self-serving reasons wrapped in conflicts of interest, I'm afraid to say, but that's why we escaped Wall Street so we could share that truth. Um, so consider this skin in the game stat. 
because I encourage anybody to ask an advisor or a money manager or themselves how much of my own skin is in the game, whether it be your own business and attention therein or a portfolio manager. So Morningstar has very clear evidence on portfolio manager ownership of their own fund having a very strong record about performance. They have better data on thousands of mutual funds than any other that I know of. And they've been doing this a long time. This data has been known for a long time, which makes it even harder to explain. Two out of every three fund managers do not have one penny of their own money in their own fund. I would encourage you to get more of your own skin in the game, whether it be demanding better answers of folks that you hire, or if you're doing this yourself, if you have the ability to balance this with great discipline and a very concentrated portfolio, and I showed you just full disclosure where on one handful all of my own money is, I think it will allow you to unlock more time and creative thoughts for your own skin in the game and your own attention. I absolutely love that. And that stat has always just confused me. I, I, I don't know. We don't work that way around here. We, uh, we have skin in the game and I, we are happy to share that our playbook. One of, the, one of the managers wanting to break in and <laughs> hang up on him. I'm sorry. Yeah. Then I can guess what uh, fun company he was calling from. Um, now, if, if anybody out there has any questions, would like to see the playbook, would like to sit down with our planning team and simplify what they do, what they have, what they do, create goals, create a financial plan, we would love to, to be, get in contact with you. You can email us, team at Freedom Day Solutions. And also, don't forget, share the story. There's a signed book, which is also on my shelf, from Ryan and a mailbox money hat. It's golf season almost. I think the world is thawing out, at least here on the West Coast mailbox money hat is perfect for the course uh comment send us an email whatever you want and with that we will see everybody next week this show is brought to you by freedom day solutions llc a registered investment advisory firm advising individuals and families nationwide performance is not guaranteed and past results are not necessarily indicative of future performance to learn more, visit freedomdaysolutions.com. This show contains general information that is not suitable for everyone and was shared for informational purposes only. Any forward-looking statement or opinion expressed is subject to change without notice. Nothing contained herein constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice, nor is it to be relied on in making investment or other decisions. Clients of Freedom Day Solutions may hold positions in the securities discussed.